You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com War Eagle everyone and welcome to Hitchcock Hecklers. It's officially here. It is finally upon us. We have actual real baseball this week. On today's episode, we go around the horn and break down Auburn's 2020 season. I go ahead and make a few predictions and talk a little more in depth about who I think is kind of poised for a breakout season in 2020, as well as how I think Auburn makes it back to Omaha and how they're going to do that. Um, This season gets underway this weekend with a four-game series at Plainsman Park versus the University of Illinois Chicago. So we got a nice little Chicago team coming to town and they say that baseball is a romantic game. I don't think it gets any more romantic than starting the season on Valentine's Day, which is just what is happening this spring for all 14 SEC programs. So again folks, baseball is here. It is upon us. First up today, I'm going to go through a couple of categories that I talked about last week and elaborate a little more on them and and talk uh, a little about the strengths and weaknesses, potential weaknesses of this team that we might be having. So to kind of kick it off today, batter up, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about offense. I mentioned last week that, you know, this isn't necessarily our strength, but It's also not like we aren't a decent offensive ball club. I think we're going to have a lot of depth offensively. Um, We might not have those huge numbers that someone puts up. We we might have some guy that breaks out out of nowhere. We might have a freshman who comes on and just really shows his stuff. I'll get to that in just a little bit. But the first thing offensively, when you think of Auburn baseball offense this year, first thing that's going to stand out is that we lost our really what are our two best hitters from last season. You know, and Will Holland and Edouard Julian, you know, both of those guys be working their way up through the Minnesota Twins organizations. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some uh, some of those nice Twin City jerseys at Auburn baseball games over the next couple of years as those guys move up the ranks. Um, other than that, you know, we we return a bulk of the team and really a bulk of the offensive production. So a lot of a lot of guys coming back from last year's squad. Last year's team really, um, I, w- I would say they struggled to maintain a consistent level of production on the offensive side when it comes to, you know, at the plate. I think that though um, we may lack um, that star power offensively. I think that with the grit and just you know sheer determination of the guys we have coming back, I talked about it last week. But a lot of these guys have been through adversity and. Um, 
you know, I think that with them, I think we'll have a chance to be a little more consistent. You know, again, not not going to, you know, shatter any records. Who knows? Maybe we will. But I think we'll be a little more consistent. Um, I don't think we're going to finish the season as, you know, one of the top two or three teams in the SEC as far as, you know, run scoring or home run hitting. But, um, you know, more consistent offensively. I don't think we're going to sputter out in games like we like we did several times last year. Um, you know, in order to do that, though, we're going to have to rely on a couple guys down the stretch. Guys like, you know, Rankin Woolley, Stephen Williams, Connor Davis. Those are all guys who had some decent production last year. And in order for us to have success this year, we're going to need them to improve, of course. But, um, you know, one guy who I think is going to step up and be able to have a really big year who, you know, you, he might be coming out of left field. I, I just, I, that was actually terrible. I shouldn't have uh, used that little pun there. But no, literally though, our left fielder, Judd Ward, I think that, I think he's poised to have a big season. You know, he hit 272 last year, just five home runs, five dingers, but um, he was able to knock in 34 RBIs and, you know, have, have pretty decent contribution at the plate. I think he's going to probably bat fifth or sixth in the lineup um you know there might be some toying with the lineup there always is a little tinkering here and there but I think that having him you know kind of middle to end of the lineup I think that's going to put him in a position where he's able to relax at the plate come up to bat in some situations with guys on base and I'm I'm really confident that he has a big year and comes up in some key moments to help us notch some wins I think that again Judd Ward I think that he's ready I think he's going to be the guy this year who um, you know it might not it might not exactly lead the team in a ton of offensive categories but I think he's going to be very consistent throughout several categories and um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing Judd at the plate this year another guy um, Nate LaRue is someone who I think is going to have a very solid season at the plate, and I don't think he he's a freshman. Um, I don't think he's going to look like a freshman at all. He is he's a two way guy, so depending on how much he's used on the mound, um, I think he'll see a decent amount of plate appearances. And with whatever he does get at the plate, I think he's going to have some some serious success. And like I said, a freshman who's you know if if you watch Auburn basketball. And you, and you talk about uh, Isaac Okoro. I don't think he's like that Isaac Okoro type of player where he's, you know, five tool and, and just able to, um, you know, a projected really like top 10, top 15 pick. He's not that guy, but he's similar to Isaac Okoro in the way that he's not going to look like a freshman. I think Nate LaRue is very polished for a 18 year old player. I think he's, you know, he's going to have a lot of success this year. So um, and who knows, you know, maybe uh, Tim Hudson, Huddy can kind of show him the way and teach him how to be a standout on in, in both aspects of the game like 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 Huddy was. Yeah, that'd be awesome. One other guy, another guy I think that we need to kind of look out for to, you know, maybe come out of nowhere is uh, Brady Moore. I think that he's probably going to end up taking over for Edouard Julien at third base. And while it's going to be really tough to match Edward's production I think that he's a good enough contact hitter to be able to like you know really make some noise put some stuff together kind of be that guy to extend a rally or or start spark a rally so um, 
you know, Brady Moore, he's, I think he's going to do a solid job this year and he's going to be taking over the hot corner. You hear, you heard it here first. Now, if you've heard that somewhere else, that's fine. But um, <laughs> anyway, so here we go to the mound. Um, I talked about it last week, but this is where Auburn is going to be able to win games and at times be able to dominate the competition and just be a dominant force. And I don't throw out the word dominate lightly. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm just, you know, sunshine pumper. Yes, as many of our hosts on this network do, I see Auburn. I see the world through blue and orange lenses, and, and that's just, that's who I am. I, you know, I believe in Auburn and love it. And I think that with the coaches and, you know, everyone who we have in, in place in, in just about every sport, I always I always feel like there really should be nothing that is able to keep us from finding a way to get it done when it matters. But um, anyway, back to what I was saying, Auburn has the starting pitching. You know, like I said, we're, we're talking about man stuff here. We're talking about the pitching staff. Auburn has the starting pitching that, you know, to be honest, like most division one teams in college baseball, this is what they dream of is being able to have a complete pitching staff the way that Auburn does pitching. Um, you know, you hear in, in football, like defense, Offense wins games, defense wins championships. Well, in baseball, pitching wins a lot, a lot more than it doesn't win. So if you've got a good pitching staff the way that we do, you know, it's something to be really positive and optimistic about. Um, you know, that's the starting pitching. But the bullpen, you know, we've, we've got a bullpen that can come in, kind of change the pace of a game and really just be an absolute nightmare during a long weekend series, you know. So that, you know, our, our starting staff our um you know our bullpen and and the experience and leadership that those guys have like we're going to be calm in those tough situations those high pressure situations we're going to be able to you know to still be ourselves and I don't think there's going to be a moment that's too big for this pitching staff collectively um again though like we we've got so many guys that are just really tough really gritty guys that in those high pressure situations I'm talking about, you know, it might be, you know, seventh inning with a guy on second and third and one out and, you know, they get find themselves in a bit of a jam and they've got the heart of the lineup coming up. Like they want the ball like that. They want to be that guy who's coming in relief to, to end those type of little rallies that teams are putting together. And um, it just, it just reigns true with so many guys on this pitching staff. Like we've got some really, really clutch players um, and, and guys that just really want to get it done and they want to be that guy that the team's leaning on. So with all this being said about the pitching staff, I think, you know, everything I said really just, it remains true as long as we can stay healthy. Um, and that's, that goes without being said really for every single sport, every single team, you know, if they can stay healthy, that's, that's one of the, you know, that's, as important as anything else is being able to stay healthy. But with the depth that we have, you know, I think we should be able to do that. I think, you know, taking uh, some of the pressure off the starting staff, knowing that, Hey, we can rely on, on some relief pitchers for a few innings. We've got a guy who's going to come and close it out. There's not guys who think that they need to go all nine innings or eight, seven innings, you know, long high pitch counts. I don't, I don't think that that's going to be the case. We're going to be able to, to stay fresh and, and, and just be able to come into the postseason play with with fresh arms and, and people who are, you know, ready to go. So all of this, though, 
you know, all of this on the pitching staff. I'm, I'm really building him up here, but all of this starts and ends with my guy, our guy, Tanner Burns. Tanner is, I've mentioned it before, but he's one of the premier starting pitchers in all of college baseball. Like he's going to be a, a first round pick. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to, to see him kind of, you know, he had some preseason All-American nods and I wouldn't be surprised to see him build off of that and earn some, some of the regular season accolades and, and hopefully even some postseason accolades. And um, again, he's going to be an eventual first round pick in the 2020 MLB draft. So Tanner's got all the intangibles of an ace pitcher. Like he's a leader in the clubhouse. He's tough. He's gritty. Any of those, he's got moxie. I'm a big moxie guy. I love moxie and Tanner's got a ton of it, like just just all the intangibles. He's he's got it all, and so um, again, we're gonna go as far as as his arm takes us. But um, and you know, I'm really big on him, and I'm sure the rest of the Auburn family is. Like we we all want him to to be able to have success. He's he's had a an adverse career, and and I think that you know it's it's gonna be awesome to see him have success this year. Tanner. Um, you know, he's going to be our day one starter. He's going to be probably Friday night pitcher. He's, um, you know, he's he's our guy, like I said so many times. But following him, though, number two in the rotation, this guy kind of came on. To me, it seemed as out of nowhere, but really he had a fully, a consistent full year last year. Jack Owen, um, I don't know if I said this before, but Zach Granke in the Major League Baseball, it's kind of who he reminds me of. First of all, with the hair. Love the hair, Jack. Keep the flow, dude. You, you've you got it. You rock it. Like, if you've got it, rock it, and you do have it. So, please, keep the flow. You know, a little scraggly facial hair. I love it. Um, he's he's a very, he's a finesse guy. Like, he's not going to overpower you. He's not going to throw 96, 97, but he's got a few good pitches that he works really well. He's a former Juco guy. Um, he came up clutch in several key situations last season. Um, so Jack Owen following Tanner Burns, I, like, I'm really big on Jack. I think he's, I think he's awesome. Like I'm super excited for, to see what he has up his sleeve this year. Um, day three, third man in the rotation. I think he's, I think that he's got the talent, the skill set, the experience to be a game one pitcher at honestly, probably at least half the schools in the country is Bailey Horn. Bailey Horn's got some really good stuff. And, you know, being able to keep these hitters off balance, it's, I think we've got the perfect combination with two guys that throw really hard, a guy in the middle who's um, more of a finesse guy, Jack. I think that, you know, we've got a, such a good starting staff and, um, you know, led by those three guys. A couple more guys, Brooks, Filler, Brooks Fuller, excuse me, Carson Skipper, uh, Rich Fitz. Also, you know, they're going to, they all started some games uh, for us. They're going to start some games for us. And, um, you know, also possible long relief or bullpen guys that needed down the stretch as well. So, um, you know, all in all, we've got five or six good arms, you know, starting the game off for us. So I think we're going to be in really good shape when it comes to starting pitching. The Tigers bullpen, you know, bullpen is such a critical component to any successful baseball team. And we've got a guy kind of leading our bullpen, Cody Greenhill, who is, you know, I talk about Tanner Tanner Burns being gritty and a, and a tough guy with a lot of moxie, but Cody is the same exact way. He's a fighter on the mound. He's gritty, tough. 
Um, he wants to be on the mound when it matters. Like I said, he wants those high pressure situations. And I think he strives for that. Like that's what he looks for. That's what he wants. So, um, the stuff, you know, the stuff I saw from Cody last year gives me a ton of confidence and is, you know, going to play a large part. Like what he does this year is going to play a large part in us, you know, winning the first game of a series and, it kind of showed last year where, where he would fall off a little bit, game two and three. So um, game one, I think, you know, the first game of series, we're definitely going to see him come in. Unless our starters, probably Tanner, is going like eight, nine innings. Like we might not see a ton of Cody, but, um, you know, just look forward to having Cody come in out of the bullpen. He's going to do an extremely good job this year. I'm super excited. He's, you know, one of the top relief pitchers to me in the country but definitely in the sec so so watch out for him if you're uh you know opposing sec batter and you're listening to this which i'm sure there's a ton of you out there watch out for cody cody's coming he's a bulldog he's gonna get you um a couple other guys coming out of our bullpen though ryan watson blake burkhalter those are probably the two guys that you know to me come to mind as the next couple arms that we have those seventh inning guys um you know game two game three of a weekend series you know, you might see them get them come in and, and close some games out but they've both shown a ton of potential and you know the thing with them that it not as much true as as with Cody is that those guys have had had their struggles um you know so I think that I think that they find a way to to get it done. You know, Tim Hudson is our new pitching coach, and I think that he's going to do a tremendous guys with everyone, a tremendous job with everyone who I've talked about. Um, and those guys, though, uh, Ryan Watson and, and Blake Burkhalter, like I think that um, Huddy's got something that he's going to be able to to teach those guys and, and really help them improve from their previous seasons on. And you know, so I talked about starting staff has talked about the bullpen for a little bit and I think collectively I, I watch a lot of baseball I think collectively we have one of the top five pitching staffs and not just like the not just the SEC but the entire country I think we have one of the top staffs absolutely from top to bottom um, and that makes me feel really good about the season like it's got to I kind of started this off by talking a little bit about how you know how important pitching is to in the game of baseball and you know having one of the top units in the entire country it's going to go a long way for us and you know if you're an Auburn fan it's something to be very optimistic about um kind of tie it all together you know with our offense maybe not being an overpowering team a team that's going to come out and put up 15 you know 11 12 13 runs a game like no nobody's going to do that but these two to one games these three to two games these one zero games um the pitching staff that we have is built for us to have success in those games you know you don't want sure if you can win a game 10 to 9 great you know if you if you're winning games 13 to to 11 you know awesome but you don't want to be in that position you know very often like you don't want to have to win those games you don't want to for your offense to have to go out and just explode so being able to win, like I said, like a, a 1-0, 2-1, 3-2 type of game, you know, that, that goes a long way. And having a great pitching staff the way that, the way that we do is, you know, it's, it's going to, to me, I think that that's going to go very well for our boys this year. So um, anyway, so 
that in a nutshell is what I think of the team in 2020 from a couple of different viewpoints. Now, um, onto, you know, probably going to be one of the, I don't know, as a podcast guy, um, I listen to a ton of them. I listen to every show on our network and I think that predictions are like the, the funnest part about doing a podcast. Like you get to, you know, tell people what you think and it's, it's really fun. And I love, you know, AJ and Ben, what they do on, on no huddle, like they do a great job with it. Uh, Kyle and Drew for, um, our basketball, uh, what is it inside the jungle? I don't know why that blanked my mind, but, um, they do a great job of, of like giving their predictions and, you know, a player who they think is going to stand out or just kind of breaking down games. And, and anyway, like it's, this is going to probably be like one of the funner parts that, uh, that I'm able to do. So I'm, I'm not taking it too serious. I'm not like, you know, I'm not throwing a ton of money on this. I'm not saying this is, this is exactly what's going to happen. This is just what I think. And again, I've got a little bit of Auburn bias. I think that there's always, we should always be able to, with who we have in place, with the facilities that we have, you know, with Auburn, just being Auburn, I think that there's like no reason that we aren't able to find a way to get it done. So anyway, with that being said, once more, so 2019 Auburn went 38 and 28, finished sixth in the SEC West, I think 10th overall, maybe ninth overall in the, yeah, 10th overall, I believe in the SEC. So kind of an underwhelming regular season. We've talked on the previous episode about the success that we were able to have in the regional and the super regional and then just making it to the college world series. So, you know, we made it to the college world series, made it to Omaha last year. That's always where you want to get to. That's, you know, the holy, the holy land of college baseball. So, you know, that's always the goal. Um, You set your sights at the beginning of the year for, you know, winning your conference and then winning a regional, winning a super regional, winning the college world series. Those are the kind of, that's the kind of progression that you go when you, when you look at your team, what you have, you know, going into the season as a coaching staff, like that's, I'm sure what they're looking at is how do we win our, how do we win the SEC? How do we get to a regional and win a regional? How do we get to a super? How do we win that? How do we get back to the college world series? So, um, anyway, here we go. So Auburn goes into 2020 ranked number nine in the country. Now, when you think of this, like, let's just throw out a random power five team. Um, we'll go Pac-12. We'll go UCLA. UCLA is a decent sports program. Um, if they were number nine, they'd be pleased with it. They'd be very happy. You know, there might be one or two other Pac-12 teams ahead of them. They're thinking, you know, this is this is great. This is where you want to start. This is perfect. Um, not necessarily like under the radar by any means if you're most teams getting ranked number nine. But Auburn ranked number nine. Um, and there's, let's see, one, two, three, four SEC teams ranked ahead of them. So we've got Vanderbilt, defending national champion Vanderbilt, ranked number one. Georgia, Georgia ranked number four, Arkansas number five, Mississippi State number six, Auburn comes in at number nine, followed by Florida at number 10, LSU at number 12, A&M at 21, and Ole Miss 
at 23. Those That kind of rounds out the rest of the ranked SEC teams. That's going to probably seem like it's about uh, close to half of the entire top 25. And it is like, um, shoot, I lost the number off the top of my head. That's like 10 teams. though. That's so many teams. The SEC is stacked. We're going to be playing great competition week in and week out. Uh, you know, just like we do with, you know, football, softball, gymnastics, track and field, any type of recruiting. Like there's so many, there's just a log jam of SEC teams at the front because, well, because it just means more. So, <laughs> and it just, you know, it, it proves true. Like it's um, in every sport, you know, the SEC, it just, we take it a little serious, a little more serious than, than most conferences, most schools do. And, you know, that's, that's the same thing in baseball. We've got, again, a ton of talent that we're going to be going, lining up against every weekend. Um, so kind of a double-sided sword, like double-edged sword, whatever, however that phrase goes. Um, you've got, on, on one end, you know, you're probably not going to have like a 48, 49, 50 win season because, you know, the odds of you being able to take three out of three versus, you know, Vanderbilt, Georgia, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Florida, LSU, Every single time being able to take the whole, you know, be able to sweep a series, not very likely. You know, if you're number nine team and you're playing in like the American Athletic Conference, something like that, then it's like, hey, like we could go through an entire season and, and you know, barely just lose a few games. Now, the other side of it though is that, you know, with playing such top talents so consistently, by the time that you get to a regional and you get to a super regional, and you get to the final eight with with the College World Series in Omaha, um, you know, you'll find out that, hey, there's th- these are teams that we've already played. One, we've, we've got a little bit of a, you know, scouting on them and, and we kind of know, you know, what's successful against these guys. But two, we've played against them. We, we know, like, we know exactly how tough they are. You know, we got to the College World Series last year and you got uh, three different SEC teams out of the out of the eight. So it's like, you know. It is what it is. It's just it's just the the world of the SEC is, you know, you're always playing the top, and and you're gonna, you know, if you're successful in the SEC, you're most likely gonna have success going forward in the postseason. So, my predictions: I've got Auburn winning. Um, well, I'll go into the winning in just a second, but I think that they're gonna take second place in the SEC West. I don't think that I don't think that we're gonna win it. I think that. Um, Mississippi State is probably going to to me. I think that they they look a little. They're a really complete team, and we are too. But I think Mississippi State is going to uh, win the SEC West. I think that and Vanderbilt will take the top spot overall, and then I think we'll be third. Um, so that's what I, that's where I think we're going to finish the regular season is kind of second in the in the West and third overall in the SEC. So it's not like in football where there's you know the top team in the West plays the top team in the East. Um, at the end of the season for the championship, it's it's just it's just the you know regular season championship with the the best SEC record. So um, again, I think that we're gonna have a ton of success this year and and get second place in the West and third overall. So last year, thirty eight wins. That's a ton. I think that Auburn has won. I was looking it up. Um, maybe since like nineteen sixty five. Maybe. 10 11 40 win seasons which is a big deal like if you win 40 games you're you're a pretty dang good team um i think that 
we improve on the 38 win season that we had last year. I think we win 41 games this year. And if we were to do that, if we are to do that, that will be the most in an Auburn baseball season since 2010 when we won 43 games. And here it is. I think that Auburn makes their way back to Omaha for the second consecutive season. I think we get back to Omaha. I think that um, with where I'm thinking we're going to finish the year, um, that that will put us in a nice position for us to be able to A, host a regional, and B, host a super regional. And if that's the case, um, you know, boys, we better come prepared. Ladies, dogs, cats, whoever it is that's showing up to the game to, to really be a great atmosphere. Um, I was at the North Carolina Super Regional last year, and it was just a great, great crowd, and just kind of made me think, like, man, if we were, we're the home team, it's not quite, it's not quite the same as football and basketball, where the crowd's able to have that much of an effect on the team. But um, you know, we should, I think we should be able to get there. I think we should be able to host a super, and if we do that, like I said, come ready to play, come ready to to support our boys, and um, you know, on to victory. So. Um, Going into the regular season, as I said at the top of the program, we've got our, you know, we start the season off this year on Valentine's Day, February 14th at home. Um, I think I'm going to do another uh, SEC preview once we get into to league play, but I think that this weekend uh, we go 4-0. I think we win all four games against UIC, University of Illinois, Chicago. And I think that we also get a win next week versus Oakland. I'll be doing another show before that one. But um, I think that we, you know, I guess I have some time to to revise my uh, predictions if we end up slipping in a game against UIC. But I think that, um, you know, some of the young guys, I think Nate Rue has, has a nice little introduction to college baseball. I think he has a good, good little weekend. And I think our boys go 4-0. Um, in this initial weekend of the season and um, I think our first real test of the year will be uh, UCF in I guess next week so um, that is going to do it for today's episode of Hitchcock Hecklers Um, I'm your host Justin Hosser I again cannot express how excited i am enough to you know be here and be able to host this podcast on this awesome network so totally looking forward to next week hearing um you know i'll be able to kind of have a little bit of data to assess and and you know with this first weekend so looking forward to hearing from it guys make sure you support our tigers in every sport um as we do on this network and that's it i'm going to head out you guys keep it real War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it, the only question remains, do you?